Welcome to the Untold Motherhood Podcast, a space where women can share their raw stories and experiences about becoming a mother. No filter, no fear, no judgment. Hello, friends. Something I struggle with pre-baby and post-baby is how I talk to myself. It's not that I'm perhaps mean or self-destructive, but I can be very critical and unforgiving of myself at times. In motherhood, that mindset has made me feel inadequate at times and as if I'm failing my baby. Things like, the house should be more organized, am I present enough, am I doing a good job, often comes to mind. In a world where motherhood has been mainstream portrayed as unforgiving and disempowering, I am thankful for people like my guest today. Joining me today from Australia is Renee Melissa. She is a poet and author, creator of the, unpo- of the popular <laughs> Instagram account, Dear Darling. Renee is a mom to a beautiful baby girl. She is currently expecting, and her background is in recruitment and HR. Her book, Dear Darling, is a children's book about gratitude, and her poems are written to mamas and to our babies. Renee, welcome to the Untold Motherhood Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. Um, You know, I have to share with everyone that um, if if people have not gone over to your Instagram account, it's very beautiful account where you share such beautiful poets that really speak to the soul and are so fulfilling. And um, that's why I I wanted to have this conversation with you today because I gravitated so much to your writing and to the messages and how you speak to women. And I was like, oh my God, I have to meet her. (laughs) Oh, that is so touching. Thank you so much, honestly. Yes, of course. And so, um, you know, to get us started, uh, first and foremost, congratulations. You're expecting your second baby. Uh Yes, thank you. Yep. (laughs) Six months now. About six months. Yep. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, And you have your new book out, Mm -hmm. um, Dear Darling. Mm -hmm. Um, You have openly shared about your feelings, your challenges and experiences with motherhood. Uh, from mom guilt to experiencing loss. Can you share a bit about your motherhood journey? Absolutely, yes. So um, firstly, thank you as well for being really vulnerable and honest um, in the in the intro about your own struggles um, because that is definitely the crux of why I write um, and why I really have that page is because I originally, um, you know, kind of started that page and because it was actually part of my healing and my journey uh, in motherhood as well. And I honestly didn't expect, I don't even know what, I didn't have any expectations about the page. Mm -hmm. Um, So when people actually started to relate to it, uh, obviously I'm from Australia, and when people started to relate to it, not only within Australia, but around the world, like yourself and the UK and Ireland and Italy and all this, I was just still to today I'm blown away because I just think it is just so moving and beautiful to know that really in motherhood we are all in this together we're all on the same journey there is definitely no right and wrong and I'm I'm the first to say um that whole thing about perfectionism 
and mm-hmm. being the right and the perfect mother is so non-existent it does not exist and I feel like that's yeah that is the hardest part that we all try and live up to this unrealistic expectation and really no one's putting that on us where we sometimes get caught doing it to ourselves you know because of yeah. maybe you know general societal standards but um my journey yeah it was um uh, took a little while to have my first one and I met my husband a little bit later in life so I'm a little bit older and so then we were stressing about that thinking um, we're like I think we were maybe I don't even know how old I was I think I was 35 when I had her so we did try for a little while before that and you know we were we were like I was probably a bit more stressed than my husband he's thankfully a lot more of a chilled person um but I just said I think we need to try everything uh we need to go get tested we need to test if I've got eggs have you got sperm like we'll just you know I was just doing my own head and about everything um but I have to say um there was a, a few reasons in the end of how I was able to luckily um a few things came together I even tried like acupuncture and some other things and I actually didn't even know uh, I mean, I, you know, I, don't, I hope there's not too much information, but you know me, I'm an open book, as you can tell on my page. Um, I actually didn't really know. I thought I knew when I was ovulating, but I didn't know. So that was a real big eye opener um, because it was actually earlier than I thought. So we might have been, I think it was a combination of, of things of why we couldn't get pregnant. Um, but, you know, that had a lot to do with it too. So, you know, that helped knowing that and getting that checked out as well so um Mm. I did I did um I did do the whole perfect um scenario in my head we'll go on our honeymoon and while we're in away in America we'll have it there oh and it'll be in Hawaii and this time this is when it will be and this is where we you know conceived our child all of that (laughs) that I made up in my head (laughs) and honestly (laughs) I can tell you right now looking back I, I, I think we're all a little bit guilty of it but you just especially with your first one you're trying to make all this romance about it but it's not yeah it's just all it's doing is putting extra pressure so the thing is I did actually I did actually become pregnant and um we were very excited obviously over the moon excited like I was just like oh my gosh is this really happening you know because it did you know somewhat happen naturally um and that I guess you can tell from if anyone's been through this before as well um the devastation when it didn't you know when unfortunately um baby was was it didn't make it through and um sorry yeah no thank you um it's it was um you know though it was uh and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead with any other questions but I have to say uh yeah that was mostly the hardest obviously the hardest thing Mm -hmm. and all of the feelings come don't they even if no one tells you you feel guilt you feel shame you feel embarrassed you feel sad you feel like a failure you feel everything and my biggest thing about all this for anyone listening including myself at the time I felt almost trapped in those emotions but later on I realized that it's I wish it wasn't taboo and I just wish that we were able to speak a bit more open about it or, or feel a bit more open about it because that mm-hmm. would have definitely saved a lot of suffering. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was the journey before Giselle, before my daughter. And then when I had um, Giselle, obviously I was very excited, but I did, uh, maybe this is a story for another day, but I did actually have a 
decent pregnancy, but then at 35 weeks, I had um, really sore hips. And obviously, first time mum, we never knew like how much is sore, you know, how sore is sore. Uh, went to plenty of physios, went to professor of the hip and knee centre, went everywhere, obstetricians. Everyone was like, I don't understand why they're so crippling bad. I had to go on crutches. It was oh, so bad. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then to make matters worse. And then I got to um, 38 weeks and I remember being in the shower and so hobbling to the shower, hobbling around the house, hobbling, you know, hard to sleep, hard to stand, hard to sit. And I just thought, I don't, I don't, like surely this is not normal, but I don't know what isn't normal. Mm-hmm. And um, by this stage, I'll never forget, I was in the shower and I just, um, something obviously had cracked but I didn't hear the noise I just felt a pain and um that was my hip my my left hip fractured yeah I can't even believe it I was oh wow yeah I remember getting out crawling naked to my phone and trying to call my husband or my mum someone that would answer and I just was like by that stage in tears and I'm like I I never I don't know what induction's like because I've again never had a child and I don't want to force the natural process but I'm don't know what I'm going to do yeah and I was just like I think we have to go to the hospital yeah and in the end we went in there you know with um with a wheelchair and they were like this is crazy yeah we're gonna have to you know induce you and whatever so I had um yeah the baby with we didn't know the hip was broken until we could have an Mm x-ray and Mm -hmm. so we we actually had um the baby I had the Giselle vaginal birth um thankfully and I I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. It was <laughs> definitely one of my goals. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. The body is miraculous. Um, yeah. it's, it's something I always wanted to do and I was able to do it. But I had um, crutches for the next eight weeks with a newborn. It was so hard. Yeah, I think it oh definitely contributed gosh. to yeah, wow. a lot of um, postpartum probably anxiety. I think I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. I never necessarily got it diagnosed, I guess. But, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of other stuff from there so that was my journey so so far (laughs) wow oh my gosh that is that is quite uh, a story and as you (laughs) said it it shows how how unbelievably amazing our bodies are and how Mm. resilient um we can be um definitely but recently we celebrated mother's day and Mm -hmm. uh you know as we approach Mother's Day, I thought a lot about um, the women close to me in my life that have experienced loss. I thought about other women in the world that I don't even know. I thought about, (laughs) you know, just women in general that have had experienced loss that are waiting to conceive. Um, And I wonder on that day if I should reach out and do I send yeah. flowers? Do I send a gift? Do I say happy Mother's Day? Like, mm. and um, and then ultimately I opted for not doing any of it because I wasn't, I didn't want to come across as like delusional. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> please don't send me flowers. <laughs> and, yeah. But although I was coming right from like uh, a place of, love and kindness i it was very hard for that to translate right um yes yes and so can you um you know can you share a little bit about some of the things that you and you alluded to it previously but can you share perhaps um 
in a bit more detail what you wish people and other moms knew about mm. experiencing loss. Of course, yeah. Um, firstly, that was really beautiful of you. I, I think it's um, it says a lot about someone when you think about others on a day that's so special for you. I think it says a lot about your character and people Thank that you. do that. Yeah. Um, but I can see exactly what you meant as well, by the way, if you do send something uh, and you have a child. So I feel like sometimes that can be almost like, yeah, yeah a backhanded in my head, compliment. <laughs> in my head, is, it, it was good. And then when I said it out loud, it's like, no. Yeah, you're like, actually, no. <laughs> it was the right intention. I know. It was all full of heart. Um, yeah. No, well, what I, I would, if I could just give one answer to what I wish mothers knew experiencing loss um 100% I would say please do not turn on yourself it's got nothing to do with you your body anything you've done it is not your fault your shame your guilt or your fail to it's not yours to carry it's just not and I know that that is we all know that has experienced it firsthand that is hard to hear because all we want to do is almost blame ourselves at first. Yeah. But just know that, that it's nothing that you've done. And the second part would be that I just wish, and I know we're moving towards a future which it is a little bit more open, thank God, um, but it is. I just wish it wasn't taboo. It should mm-hmm. never be. It should never be a topic that is taboo. This is That's just ridiculous. Like this is matters of the heart. Like yeah. whether you're – whether your child, whether your baby was five weeks, 10 weeks, you know, nine months, that is your baby. That was your joy that of you course. created, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just feel like you you let yourself feel that. Do you know what I mean? You let yourself feel that. Yeah. And be, be there, allow others to just speak their truth too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that, that is definitely, um, speaks very close to, to, the narrative that us women tell ourselves a lot of the times with mm. motherhood, right? We we put so much blame on ourselves, um, mm. you know, whether it's um, in the topic of loss, as you mentioned, because I have heard from my friends that have experienced loss as well. And, mm. and even simple things as like feeding our babies in terms yes. of, and that's simple. I don't want to say feeding our babies is simple, but once they get to one year old and they're done with, <laughs> once yes. they once they're not relying so much on on milk or formula mm-hmm. that you can give them food and you know like um, yeah that part milk. yes that part of feeding definitely not the first year yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> I agree definitely um yeah but you have been a writer your whole life. Um, what motivated you to write poems to moms and children? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my daughter being born, it has definitely, um, given me the inspiration to write, uh, to write again and or to write more honestly and to write and to more delve into delve more into poetry and this might sound a little bit strange, but I just feel like there's no real way to explain it. But because she is, because like like every mother, you love your child so ferociously that it is just, it wasn't something that I set out to do. It, it was something that came through me. 
-hmm. So literally the words would come through me in the most weirdest, the most weirdest times of the night. It was always when I'm alone with her 3am generally feeding or whatever it was. And honestly, in my head, I was like, how am I even thinking about this right now? But, (laughs) but all of these things would come through me because it was something so spiritual and magic about that, that I would, um, of course I'd be knackered. I'd be absolutely sleep deprived and whatnot, but, um, I don't know how else to explain it. It does sound a little bit supernatural, but it was, I I'd literally would come back into bed and tell my husband, I'm like, Oh, I just wrote another two poems. Like, Oh, maybe you don't want to hear them right now. And he's just like, no, I love you, but no, it's like, can you just go to sleep? So I wasn't, um, and you know, what's funny. I didn't even have, like, I'd write them. And it was like I was able to sleep better. I quickly wrote them, got wow. them out like while I'm t- feeling them while I'm talking, like, you know, rocking her, sleeping, feeding her. And I quickly put her to bed once once we're done. I'd go to, you know, bed and I was like quickly try and jot them in my notes or in my notepad. And then I could sleep straight away, like instant. I could just sleep. So I was like, I really feel like it was such a healing thing for me. It was a therapy, but it was definitely um, a legacy that I thought I I actually surprised myself. That's why I say I reckon it came through through me. Uh, Yeah, the poetry, like God, the universe, everyone was just my angels were working through me, have been working through me, I guess, honestly. It's just, it's weird, but I do feel that. (laughs) So the poetry was inspired by her for sure. The writing has always been um, in my life when ever since probably I can remember like maybe five or six if I had um, a little bit of a tough childhood and growing up into teenage years I feel like it was always my um, escape so mm-hmm. I always would I notice now looking back that it was always my way of processing and mm-hmm. it was always my way of um, you know you know that kind of term like dance like nobody's watching but write like no one's reading (laughs) it was like that for me so I could write and felt like I could get everything off my chest and I was being heard by having the words on the page Mm -hmm. that's how I that's why I used to write so yeah yeah that's the main reason (laughs) and um you know I I'm not a professional writer but I have uh experienced writing and a lot of the times I feel that sharing my writing it's too vulnerable or too personal yeah yeah um have you felt that way along the way especially you know as you chair you have been writing with your feelings and experience with motherhood with your first baby mm-hmm. was there any point where you perhaps had doubts about sharing you know this writing publicly with everyone because at least in my experience writing, it feels like a big part of you is being exposed and it's like, oh my gosh, 100%. what are people oh going to say yes. when they read this? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a very good question. These are very good questions, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good question because um, I, I would absolutely be lying. I wouldn't be human if I said, no, I didn't care at all. I generally, okay. As a person, I would say, and anyone that knows me quite closely would know that I am generally a person that doesn't really mind what people think of me like I love that quote those that matter won't mind and those that mind won't matter by um, Dr Seuss I love that so much because it's true I don't I really don't I know that the people that love me won't feel any anything towards me except for love and happiness because Mm -hmm. I feel the same back for them but so I really truly don't get caught up 
caught up in it. And I know that social media, I know firsthand, can be a very cruel place. As much as it is beautiful, can be also very cruel. But um, I just felt like whenever I, I looked, absolutely, I've stopped myself probably a few times, but then I thought, why am I even doing this? I'd quickly catch myself. I'm like, why am I saying that? I don't, I don't I'm not writing this to make others feel happy with what I'm writing. I'm writing it so that it's for me, which will also connect. If it connects with one other person and they feel seen and they mm-hmm. feel like, yeah, I feel that I really needed to hear that today, then I've done my job. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I, I used to think even more reason why I used to say, it's actually gave me more reason to think, wow, this is really vulnerable. Like, oh my gosh, why am I even saying this out loud? The more I'd think to myself, yeah, this is really exposing myself, the more I thought that means it needs to be out because it well, means that yeah. it will give someone else a voice. Yeah. 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 That's really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Thanks. And um, and you shared a little bit about this earlier, but I guess kind of like an extension of it. Um maybe you can share a little bit more about how you envision motherhood before becoming a mom and mm-hmm. how as a mother now that vision has changed or been validated. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that. So definitely harder than I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's for sure. No, I, I have to say uh, for me, I do feel like, and I know everyone's different and, and some people can do really well with little sleep. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I am definitely someone that, um, or a body, I feel like I've always been a body that really needs sleep and rest. I know I have best friends and other friends that are like always on and, you know, calling me at 8am in the morning going on a Saturday. I remember, you know, growing up and they're like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm walking to your house. I'm like, oh my God, do not wake me up before like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. <laughs> so I was yeah. always that person that needed that sleep, right? So I always thought to myself, gosh, I don't know how I'm going to go. But it's funny, I think, I don't know if you've seen this around the place, and I may have even written it somewhere in my in my page, is that I actually, I know this might sound silly or cheesy, but I actually love so much being a mother, even more than I ever thought I would. Um, so absolutely, it's the hardest, but I just can't believe how much I love being a mother and how empowered I feel that our yeah. bodies are able to do what they did and that we're still able to be that safe haven for someone. Like we're someone's everything. That is yes. so huge, you know, and I just feel like, oh, my God, there's nothing more beautiful in this life than that. So I mm-hmm. obviously that outweighs the hard. But I have to say, you know, if I could just be a mother and enjoy being a mother I think I've got it in most of the time in the bag, but it's everything else that we have to do or, yes. or that we or we tell ourselves to do, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, being a wife, being a friend, you know, that going to work. I think it's all those things that I feel like I do mediocre. So I feel like that coming to grips with that, especially my first year postpartum, I struggled with that because I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm used to, you know, like hitting KPIs and targets and like doing mm-hmm. great and feeling on top of my job and my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm not, I'm, but, but I realize in the end, the only thing that matters the most is being the best mom, really. Um, despite yeah. the many arguments that my husband and I have had about the house or whatnot. Um, he agrees though. He does agree. He goes, you know, uh, I've just always, I've been in awe of, of watching you be a mom. Like it's just, um, lovely to see so 
that's what I that's what I think is about yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's what yeah, I think no, is of hardest. Course. Yeah. It's it's very true what you say, especially regarding like um us want or telling us ourselves to be one hundred percent in every area. Yeah. Uh, and and it's very it's it's just not feasible. Um no. when I went back to work after having uh, my baby, I struggled with that and mm. I wanted to come back to work and you know, before the baby, I will leave. I will be the last to leave. Um, I will be yeah. like constantly having, doing more things above my, you know, my bare roles and responsibilities. Yes. And now it's like, well, you know what? <laughs> if I meet my roles and responsibilities, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> same. And, you know, I used to feel guilty taking a lunch break or, oh, yep, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do, oh, and now I'm like, I'm taking the lunch break because that's my chance to actually sit yes. and eat on my own. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yep. yes. Same. And, and as you said, I think it's important to us women to come to grips with our priorities, right? And there's nothing, there's no one that needs us the most. Yeah. as our babies do um you know a friend can wait right. a friend is an adult right yeah they, they know how to advocate for themselves they know how to uh fulfill their needs when they need mm-hmm. to they mm-hmm. know um you know how to help themselves yeah and not dependent on us mm-hmm. exactly so the adults around us can help themselves as much as we think that we they have can't. to <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but our, our children are, are our little sponges. And so, you know, like, that's really our priority, our, our babies, what they need, what they're feeling, what they're going through, us advocating yeah. for them. And so I, I completely agree. I struggled with that at the beginning, too. And I struggled with um, the mess around the house, too. I still mm. do. It's so hard to not, mm-hmm. like, beat yourself about it. But every time I find myself getting so like nitpicked about those things, I just think like, even tomorrow, by tomorrow, is this going to matter? Yes. Are the freaking dishes going to matter like so much by tomorrow? No, because like there are more dishes or I will have some time tomorrow to actually load up the dishwasher or something. Yeah. And playing with my kid or, you know, teaching him something, it's not going to come back that time. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, um, you know, a very, a very good point you made. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to talk also a little bit about um, your poems because mm-hmm. in more detail, because I, I love them so much, really. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, they're so validating to the feelings, to the struggles, the happiness, and the love that comes with motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it make you feel to know that other moms around the world feel that way? They feel seen, they feel validated, hopeful um, with your writing. And what do you hope for when you share these poems? And I know you kind of sprinkle some of that along yeah. the way, but maybe yeah. kind of package it (laughs) of course yeah thank you oh I I I honestly I I actually still have to pinch myself when I see 
um, when I just see how many times it's shared or saved or like the comments or the DMs where really vulnerable ones when a lot of people would, la- would rather send me private messages than respond in a comment and um, because I get that, you know, not everyone feels yeah. the same to be open um, in front of the world. And um, I just, I honestly, it does reduce me to no words. A lot of times I do think, like I often see myself going, wow, this is crazy. Like I just feel, I just, I don't know. I See, I still can't even talk. I can't even, I don't even have any words for it. <laughs> I just truly am so humbled by it. I'm, I'm so honoured that anyone can feel seen in what what I'm going through, whether it's a, a tearful, jerking poem or if it's a, well, this is mum guilt poem or an honest one like, you know what, some days are hard and it's just that's how they're going to be. And, you know, some sometimes relationships are hard and it's just how it is now or mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, it's temporary. And, and like all of that is I just can't – I just love that it, it really, really touches my soul to know that that validates somebody else no matter where they are in the world. And if, even if I've never met them like here, yeah. like what we're doing now. Yes. True, yes. Truly makes me just feel – yeah, I just can't even explain it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, you wrote a book, Dear Darling. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, how did it come about? Why did you think it was important to teach your children about gratitude? Yes, okay. So, um, for me, I've always been a person that is uh, kind of obsessed with the whole idea of gratitude and, you know, gratitude journals and taking note and writing them down and always been about the simple things in life, the simple things in life. And I just, so to be honest, again, this is going to sound strange, but the book came to me, came basically through me when I was putting my baby girl to sleep one night and I'll never forget, my husband was working late and I just thought, I was telling all these things and I'm like, oh, you know, we're grateful for this and we're grateful for that. And obviously she didn't really even understand what gratitude was yet or being grateful. <laughs> she wasn't even too. And I was like, oh, you know, we're great. I'm like, I don't even know if this would make sense to you, but I'm just going to tell you all this anyway. Like there's me blabbing to her <laughs> and she's just like, probably putting her to sleep. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, and then anyway, and I noticed it started to rhyme all the stuff that I was saying. Uh-huh. And it was turning into a, basically a poem again because I could not switch it off. For a while there, I could not switch it off. I couldn't stop talking in rhyme. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, oh, my gosh, hang on. This is – and then the more I kept saying it, the more it was starting to – and I thought, right, and I finished putting it asleep and I went straight out to my um, computer and wrote it all down and yeah. just elaborated more, elaborated more, just everything. It was like, again, like everything was moving through me. And I, I remember ringing my parents – and I was like, I know it's really late, but can you hear this? I think I might have a book. And they're like, oh. <laughs> they're like, what the hell? Yeah, sure, sure. Put, like, we'll put you on that speaker. And I told them. And they're like, oh, my gosh, did you just write that now? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Like, where? So Because most of my friends and family in general, they would have said in general if you asked, oh, yeah, she's pretty good with words or, yeah, I like how she speaks or, you know, oh, you know, unfortunately you've had to read, you've made really good eulogies at your grandparents' funerals and things like that which has been always so flattering, but no one, no one has ever known this side of me about poetry or expressing this way. So everyone, mm-hmm. including my family, were like, what? I didn't know you write that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, I shocked myself and, and including them. 
anyway, they were like, oh. so then that was the birth of the book, um, yeah. dedicated and inspired by her. She was absolutely my inspiration, but it has always come from, uh, you know, ha- having very humble beginnings and growing up with very little. Um, I've always chosen that my, my parents, you know, there's, uh, that's a whole nother day for those stories, but I guess, you know, my dad suffered a lot of, uh, mental health and OCD and, um, cancer as well. A lot of stuff that he's suffered, wow. which really shaped my life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the oldest out of two. So I'm seven years older and be like a mother oh. hen and to my brother. And I just feel like with it, regardless of what we've gone through, like tumultuous times or terrifying times, they have always reminded me that you actually need very little to be happy. Yeah, so, so, so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And I just feel like I feel the same. So I did look, don't get me wrong, I'll be honest. I did feel odd that I'm not and I haven't been, I don't know, selling myself or pers- I guess pursuing myself on social media as a gratitude guru because I'm the first to say I'm I'm going to be the first to say and, and that is why the imposter syndrome kind of crept in to be like well who are you to write a book on gratitude you know like why is yeah. like who are you but you're not Deepak Chopra or something like you know but I just <laughs> felt like um I did I did have that happen quite a bit but then I thought you know what it doesn't matter because I know me and anyone that's close to me knows that I've always been about that. So I know I want my, I want my children to know that. And then I feel like instead of starting from what I've always loved as an adult, Mm -hmm. I wish, I wish someone spoke to me about it like super early. Yeah. Yeah. To talk, to start to know what it meant. So that's, that's why I wrote it for children. Yeah. And it does double as a um, teaching aid because I, um, uh, I've, I've got um, a psychologist, a children's psychologist and mm-hmm. a play therapist from two different states within Australia. Um, and I got them both to uh, ask if they wanted to be a part of the book at the end. It's got, um, so at the back of the book, it's got one is about why gratitude is important for our children and nice. the benefits. And the other one is um, practical. So it's got like teaching mm-hmm. questions that you can have with them at nighttime yeah it's part oh, of the bedtime that routine. Is amazing. Yeah. yeah so I love that yeah it's really cool so I'm yeah. just that's mainly why I did it yeah <laughs> that, that is so beautiful and and as you talked about um your own kind of like alert a little bit about your childhood and mm-hmm. your child and instilling gratitude from an early age I think it's such a empowering tool because especially now um and i'm sure all the generations have said the same right like they have said especially now that the world is so bad (laughs) or the world is so challenging but it kind of does feel right at times when you listen to some heavy news or some definitely very disempowering news going on around the world especially um regarding women and so um empowering our children with gratitude from an early age um, can really, I, I, I strongly believe can really make a difference into their mindset and, and how into the world to, to deal yes. with, with real, you know, life um, situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm so grateful for that, but can you share um, how, how people can get um, your book? Oh yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so, um, and I agree, by the way, that is definitely another reason. But like you said, I know every generation probably feels that way. But def definitely agreed in this day and age. And I think, though, I think 
I think we're validating en- enough to say that in this generation, uh, we haven't seen like, you know, we've we've never before seen cyberbullying and, you know, mm-hmm. the internet and the, the the craziness out there like we have we are now. So, um, and and more than anything, it's such a rushed, busy, crazy time yeah. um, that we've probably never again we've been. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Slammed with info. We haven't had that before. Yeah. yeah. So this we do is have new challenges. Yes, yes, new challenges. Mm-hmm. So I, I want us to to be able to have a chance to be pre present for the per day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. So now um yeah, I've got a um on my Instagram or anywhere you can find my website, which is um deardarlingxo.com. And um, it'll be on there. And then also on there it'll have the links or anywhere it has the links for um all the other book uh, websites so you know Amazon book depository Barnes and Noble all of that it's um that would be on my website too the link but you can find them on on there as well yeah Yeah. nice and share share your handle name so that people oh yes yes Uh, yeah so I'm on Instagram I'm dear underscore darling underscore kiss hug like xo so dear underscore darling underscore xo that's me yeah yeah (laughs) Awesome. Well, it has been a really great conversation. Um, I'm so glad that you came on uh, to talk to me and to the audience uh, as well. And um, and yeah, thank you so much for sharing your your outlook on motherhood, your journey, uh, your outlook on gratitude. I take that as a gift and I hope other people can take that as a gift too. Oh, thank you so much. And honestly, you're doing such a beautiful thing by having a podcast in general because it's a like this. It's a chance for mums to to speak their truth. And how validating is that for you and for the rest of your audience? That's amazing. So thank yeah, you for thank all you're you. doing too. <laughs> thank you so much. Excellent.